Hi, everyone. Welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with me, your host, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out of this world conversations with extraordinary people. And today I have Miss Erin Christine on with me. The best selling author of Born This Fang. And she's also a co author with me on the Wild Woman's Book of Shadows. So I'm going to tell you a little more about her right now. So Erin has spent a lifetime trying to make a sense of a world she could not fit into. Totally get that. A storyteller, seer, poet, magician, Erin weaves her own world, breathing in a balance of human suffering and alchemy. She sees beyond the veil and feels the world's pain. This gift has granted her access to the deepest parts of herself and has led her to her sacred work. Erin is a tree-hugging, dirt-loving bug whisperer who's constantly on the lookout for the greatest treehouse ever created to live out the rest of her days. <laughs> she has experienced a curious, unusual life that has been fraught with sexual and emotional abuse, chronic pain, and unexplained health issues. She discovered the secrets to her healing could be found by connecting deeply with nature after being introduced spirit guides, the fairy realm in 2002. This awakening has impacted Erin's life in unimaginable, unimaginable ways. She's a two-time best-selling author, certified transformational life coach, licensed massage therapist specializing in reflexology and toe reading, and Reiki master teacher. For almost two decades, she has traveled within and around the spirit realm's navigating life as a clairvoyant, clairaudient, and empath. She uses the power of storytelling and elements of nature to empower the curious, playful woman to fully embody her unique voice and connect deeply to her spirit. Wow. Erin, you are incredible. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everybody. <laughs> There's so much there. And, and not only that, you have had ET alien encounters. So we're going to talk about that too. But first, what I want to, what I want to talk about is, you know, back in 2002, when you met the fairy realm, what, what did, how did that experience come about? Like what state of consciousness were you in? How were they interacting with you? Um, well, physically, I was in the state of seven months pregnant <laughs> with my daughter, and I had gone to see an angel reader at the request of my mom. And we were first timers. I had no idea what to expect. And so I sat in on my session and she said to me, she goes, you have fairies flying all around you. And I just kind of sat there and I was like, oh, okay, you know, and she <laughs> she looked like she could have been an angel herself. She just, I, there was something about her. I, I believed her, but I had no frame of reference of, of what she was saying to me. And, and there were things that she said to me that were so spot on and resonant mm -hmm. that I was like, this is a really curious experience, but I left her place with um, a list of resources. And one of them happened to be a meditation CD and I, about a week or so later, was sitting in my backyard and I've never meditated at this point, had never meditated before. I 
I'm a recovering type A overthinker control freak. So meditation was definitely not something that I had ever even considered. So I think a lot of people can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, there's hope. Just so you yeah. know, there's hope. Um, so anyway, I the meditation lasted about maybe 25, 30 minutes. And when it was all done, I remember sitting there and just feeling this immense like, um, like euphoria. And I had never felt anything like that before. And I sat there, my eyes were open and I'm like, wow, this is, this is strange. And I don't know what to make of it. And as I looked out into my backyard, I had a full back fence full of bougainvilleas and I had rose bushes. It was all very lush and floral mm -hmm. and I'm looking at it and it looks like there's this, um, <coughs> excuse me, mm -hmm. like a wave of water okay. had, had gone over the entire backyard. <coughs> I was wondering if this was going to come up today. This was happening earlier this morning. Okay. Um, anyway, a wave of water going over the backyard, making it kind of hazy, looking, looking hazy and alive. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, I can see through to the other side. So it's just kind of this weird dimensional thing. Yeah. And I didn't know that that was, I didn't know what I was looking at. I, ha I had no idea. So I'm just sitting there staring at it. And all of a sudden, the only way I can describe it is if somebody had this big orange Home Depot bucket full of gold glitter and they just tossed it on me. Okay. And so there's, there's gold flecks of glitter just everywhere, gold glitter everywhere. And I'm just like, I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm like, I don't know what this is. And, you know, what is this person smoking that was whispering into my ear? All the things, right? So all of a sudden these flecks of glitter, <coughs> goodness sake. Ooh. Hmm. We got this. We got yeah. this. <laughs> These um, the gold flecks of glitter started to take shape, and when I say take shape, I mean in the shape of what we think um, fairies look like from our from our from our childhood stories, our fairy tale stories. So they they were very small, ethereal looking. They were the color of bubbles, um, but they were very much in the shape of you know, you could see the wings and I could see the bodies and, and they were just flying everywhere around me. And, you know, I'm just sitting there kind of paralyzed and dumbfounded. And I had this thought of, if I close my eyes, will they be there when I open them again? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't know what the heck was happening. And it was so cool. I was like, I don't even know how to talk about this with anybody, but I closed my eyes for a moment. And when I opened them, they were still there. And that was over 20 years ago. And they, they're with me every day. <laughs> you still see them in that glittery gold essence or is it different now? Has it evolved um, time? Uh, yes and no. Like I will still see them at times. And it's funny because I'm so used to how they feel now. Mm -hmm. that I forget that I can actually see them. So when I see them, even yesterday, I had this moment where I, I was laying in bed and I could see some around my window and 
I was like, oh my gosh, there they are. Almost like, but they're always there. They, they've been there for since that day. So, I mean, I imagine they were there prior to that day, but I didn't have the awareness of them. And this, you know, the gal that had told me that I had fairies flying around me, what I know now is that they, they are my primary spirit guides. Okay. Beautiful. So they've, been, they've been with me. How do they feel? Like what, what's the feeling that you get? They feel, they feel giddy. Mm. They feel um, like you might act like I have, I felt goosebumps with them. That's, that's very normal. But the only thing I, when I was a child, I loved being on swings. And as an adult, I found that being on a swing again created that sense of joy, that giddy feeling. And that was an easy way for me to connect in the early days before I really knew what I was doing. Yeah. Because I would just tap into that feeling. And it's that that feeling of joy. Like I imagine, you know, children at Disneyland when they're seeing things for the first time and they're like, oh my gosh. And they just like they can't contain themselves. It's just giddy joy. Well, and I've heard other people describe them that way too. And so I think that that is just, yeah, one of the essences of them. Now, do they actually give you messages? Do you hear things or do you have thoughts in your mind when they're around? Yes. Yes. Um, And that was initially the hardest part was learning how to um, figure out which was mine and which was the guidance. Mm -hmm. But initially it started out with things because I would walk in the park a lot. And that was, that was them guiding me, but I didn't know that that was them guiding me at the time. I, I would just wake up in, in the morning and I would have this strong desire to go walk in the park, even though it's not something I ever did before. Yeah. So the guidance started out like that. But once I got there, I would hear things that I had never heard before. They, they were telling me how special I was. They were telling me that I had gifts. They were telling me that I was loved. I didn't grow up hearing any of that. So I knew that this was something different. It wasn't my inner critic. It was, it was completely different. And so when I started tuning into those messages, those, those sounded like thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then I would feel them in my body, just like, like a hug, like warmth, like the most loving presence ever. Mm. And it, it, it just built, it, it built itself from there. Okay. Beautiful. And so when you're, when you have your daily encounters now with them, or you just know that they're around, um, like how has that benefited, benefited your life? I can see hearing the messages of you're loved and, you know, just that feeling of joy. But how how have you brought that 20 years now, this experience, forward to now? There's, there's, I don't want to say there's no more because we're human, right? So it's never fully gone. But um, it's very rare that I judge myself. Hmm. It's very rare that I criticize myself. Mm -hmm. There's just, I show up for myself differently now. In a, in a way that is fully aligned, fully authentic, and and in a loving in a loving way. 
and that didn't that wasn't happening before okay that's beautiful and i think i think everyone watching can really appreciate that whether they're still in where you were in the past and i've been there myself too or whether they have found something that really helps them understand that perspective yeah beautiful so okay so we're going to switch gears just a little bit because this is connected to the cosmos now we're talking about all things um dimensional like outside of the earth but you have had your own alien encounters and yes. you've shared a couple of the stories with me but um and you've had multiple experiences beyond that so if you could first tell us about the i guess the ones where you saw them um and experienced them and then we can talk about that other connection that you get okay okay um the first actual like the first visitation was um i was married at the time um, I did not have my daughter, so I had not had that awakening yet. He, um, my ex-husband was in a wedding. He was in the wedding party for his best friend. And the wedding happened to be up north in this wooded, and we were staying in these cabins overnight. And I woke up one night, it was maybe three or four in the morning. And the cabins had these little tiny window, like on the doors, there was this little tiny window. And I remember waking up and there was this alien face fully in the window. And I'm laying there in the middle of the forest in this cabin. And at that point, I did not have a relationship with nature that I have. I had a lot of fear around everything nature, everything dark, everything that I couldn't see or make sense of. So seeing that face, I literally laid there frozen. And, and that was the end of it. I laid there until I don't know if I fell back asleep. I don't know what happened after that, but we went on with our day and that was, that was the end of it. And I'm trying to remember when that actually was too, in relation to my actual awakening. And I, I can't, I, I think back to like that person doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. That fearful, you know, frozen person doesn't right. exist anymore. So can you describe what you saw like physically, like the face? Um, physically, and I'm just gonna um, reference your your fun folk in the back. I don't know their names, but I'm gonna go with the smaller, more violet looking one. Uh -huh. That that was the face. Okay in the window and and I didn't see anything and there wasn't any, well, I don't want to say there wasn't any because I, I just, I wasn't tuned into my body and into the perceptions that I am now. So I, I wouldn't have known to even ask, who are you? I, I wouldn't have known to feel into it and know that it was okay to not be afraid. I didn't know any of that. Right. Well, and I think when people, I mean, one of the reasons why I want to do this show is because a lot of people, if they haven't experienced that or been awakened yet, had different kind of experiences, that the fear of the unknown is so powerful, right? And we turn it into a scary thing where we're like, oh my God, what is that? Right. So the more that we talk about it and really, I mean, obviously it didn't want to harm you because you're here with us, right? 
when they continue, they continue to come back. So, <laughs> so and that's one of the things. Like people are like, oh my god, they're taking me, or they're like they have so much fear around. They want to hurt us, mm-hmm. or they want to control us and take over. And they could have already done that, right? Yeah. Fully. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, tell tell me more about your recent experience. Um, I had one, this was probably, I want to say maybe 2017, 2018, um, woke up again. It's always the same time of day. It's like in that, um, the wee hours that I call them like three to 5 AM. Yeah. When things are kind of cloudy and confusing, (laughs) but I had one standing at the foot of my bed. Now, granted at this point, I had been connecting for many, many years And so I was curious. I wasn't afraid. I was just like, okay. But at the same point in time, I still didn't go into that space of, well, who are you? And it's almost like, um, I don't know how. And, And I know that that's nonsense because clearly I know how, but there's something about the energy and their, their presence that has still kept me in a space of not coming forward fully with it. Okay. If that, if that makes any sense, you know, cause I, I connect in all kinds of different ways, yeah. you know, with angels and fairies and all the things, but for some reason I just laid there and looked at this dude and was like, all right, but, <laughs> and same, same, uh, same uh, face. Same, okay. same yeah, body. Same, yeah. the same themes. Okay. Okay. But then now you said that even today you experience them, you may not see them like physically, right? But today they, I do not see them physically. No, but I know that the energy is there with you, right? Yes. Well, so, when they, when they speak to me, their language is very, um, the only term that's coming to, to mind is, is high tech. It's almost like, um, I'm going to, when I was in college, I was studying Spanish and I had a hard time connecting with people because I was taught what they call Kings and Queens Spanish. So I didn't understand, I didn't know that conversational Spanish that, that would help me to connect with people on a regular basis. And that's how I feel with their languaging and their presence where it feels like I don't know how to bring it down to earth. And so when I start hearing it's, it's very, um, their languaging is very strategic and very direct and a a high level. I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's very high level. It definitely is not conversational. It's not airy fairy. Yeah. Um, but they so, came to me this morning in that in that way, and I, and they told me they were preparing me for today. Okay. <laughs> so. And so did, now, when you when you hear that, like, do you hear it, or is it a thought image in your head where you just know that that is what the information is? Um, I would say I hear it, but not not audibly. Not like you're hearing like we're hearing our voices here right now. It's more like a stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm not thinking about it. It's literally just kind of, just kind of rolling through my mind. And, and like I said, the languaging is very much, it's almost like, I feel like I'm sitting at the feet of, of a Royal presence. I, you know, like when you watch a movie and you see somebody go up to the king or the queen and they're just, it's like they're in awe, they're, they're in that space of honoring. It, it's, a, it's a strange and beautiful place <laughs> because, you know, we're humble humans, right? <laughs> well, are you, so with, with how you have developed your different abilities over the last 20 plus years, are you able to just actively call in the fairies or call in the ETs or call in the angels and communicate whenever you want to? Or is yes. it on their terms? Yes. I Well, I can, I can tune in whenever I want to, but I may or may not get what I want. That's always on their terms, right? right. Um, I will say when I was working my, my nine to five job, I was doing the same sort of work for over 18 years. And I watched my, my evolution through that because I, as, as I evolved more, you know, my body got more sensitive. I couldn't handle situations the same way. And there were days where I would go into work and I would hear myself speaking in that very direct strategic galactic way that I was just talking about. Like I would hear myself say things and I'm like, they must think I'm nuts because I don't even know where that came from. But then there were days where I would feel my, my fairy self come out and I would joke around and I would say to someone, Oh my God, I just got dropped off the mothership. I have no idea what I'm doing here. And I, so I would hear these convert, you know, in conversation with people but I would hear myself speaking as if I had literally just gotten dropped off. I didn't fit in. And with each passing year, it got more and more uncomfortable to be there. Now, I have a question about that because there are people out there who think that maybe some of these experiences that we have with fairies or ETs, it's really just another um, part of us living like a parallel life that's coming to talk to us. So. Have you thought about that in your own life? Since you are what cheerleading that is, it's you. I have felt that since, since I knew I could, I guess. Um, and what I mean by that is the more I evolved, the less human I felt. Mm. And now, I, I mean, in all honesty, I struggle in, in this world because you know, being around people is really hard. <laughs> if you're, if you're not around the, you know, the, the people that are nurturing and, and that feel safe, it's really hard to, to be in them yeah. when you've gone from this point to where I'm at right now, where it's like, I, I just can't, the vibe is too dense. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that fits in with you being an empath, right? So people who are highly empathic are really taking on other people's emotions, feelings, and heaviness. So for you navigating this world, how do you deal with that, being an empath? Um, <laughs> I make fun of myself a lot. So that helps because laughter, I think, is, is a huge energy shifter 
regardless of where you're at on your path, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm always looking for ways to laugh and just make fun of, you know, life is funny and God created that, right? We're, we're not supposed to take it so seriously. Um, so laughing, I guess, would be the main thing. Um, you know, I have all my tools and tricks of the trade. They don't always work. And I don't always remember who I am. I don't always remember what I have available to me. And so I will struggle sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think that's refreshing for people to hear because I think people, including myself, we, even if we do have a full toolkit with modalities and other things that we've learned techniques, but we are still human, mm -hmm. right? And so we do have moments. But what I, what I really want people to understand, this human body, this isn't who we really are. Mm -mm. This is just a temporary costume that we're wearing, mm -hmm. a temporary experience we're having to feed back to source. <laughs> and you're right about, like, you know, when we take life really seriously, it, it does bring that heaviness, that density to mm -hmm. this with reality, but the lighter, more joyful that we can be and purposely, then we're raising our vibration and life just gets better. Yes. And I even at least recently, I mean, there's so much heaviness collectively. Yeah. We, we can't fix that. Like, I don't, I don't believe that I have enough energy or love to fix that. And even all of us, like we're, we're not going to be able to fix all the pain. No. As much as we would love to, because it's heartbreaking and it's heavy, but being able to seek out those moments of laughter or joy, you know, whatever it is, go to the park and swing on a swing yeah. just to find those moments because that creates that ripple effect. It does. We, know, we know what happens when a ripple effect goes on. So, yeah. So I know. So for everyone, just even doing things for yourself to lift yourself up, to feel love, to feel joy, then that does reverberate out throughout the universe. So, and it does you. make a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I say that we're never going to take away all this pain and we're not but don't for one minute think that we're not making a huge dent in the collective. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. So, okay. So then you wrote this book, which is fantastic. <laughs> I loved it. I couldn't put it down. I read it in one sitting. And so, you know, 20 years ago, you meet your fairies. And now here, 20 years later, you birth the book. So what finally, um, I guess, prompted you to, to write the book? What inspired you to get the message out? I think that um, my boss basically said, you need to shit or get off the pot. Um, I don't, I don't, I, I don't believe I had a choice. I, the book has been writing itself for the last 20 years. And you know, I've wanted to be a writer since I was in grade school. I had no idea I would be writing about these topics. Mm -hmm. And when I came to the understanding and knowing I had this desire to, to be an author, 
I was like, oh, well, I need to have this agenda and this outline, and I'm going to do these things every day and write this many words. And, and that's how I thought I was supposed to show up. And the book was written by me just showing up every single day, showing up for confusion, showing up for, I hate myself, showing up for what's wrong with these people, you know, showing up for abuse and all of the things. And that's how the book was written. And I, I really don't, um, I, I don't know how there, there wasn't a moment. It was, it was almost just like, it's time. And it happened. Every, everything fell into place. All the resources were there. The time was there. Everything magically happened. And I, I look back and I used to pray on it so much and ask for guidance on it. And my guides would just tell me, we will write this book for you. You just have to show up. Mm. And I was like, but I can't sit still. Right. So the thought of me sitting in front of a computer to type was excruciating. And, but that was the showing up was just me showing up whatever the day had. I showed up for it. And then the book literally just birthed itself. And my guides kept their promise. Writing, the actual writing was a breeze. The last 20 years, (laughs) rough, okay? But the book itself was a breeze. (laughs) Well, so you do, I mean, like in your bio that you sent, you do talk about, like, you've had a lot of trauma in your life. You've had sexual and emotional abuse. And I know you went through the breast implant syndrome and you've had, you know, different things. So how, how have you been able to get yourself out of that and like turned around where you aren't just laying in bed all day, just like, I can't do life. I can only say that it was by the grace of something greater than myself because I have laid in bed many days and said, I can't do this life. And something got me up. Something put a new awareness in my head. Something made me go outside and just little, little details, things that maybe wouldn't even like people wouldn't even notice necessarily. Like for example, somebody with a bee flying around their head. Yeah. That became my therapy, but I had to learn that. And I had to move through my own fear and I had to trust that them being so close to my ear was medicine. And it was scary until it wasn't. And then I, I just did these little things that didn't make sense. And I watched my behavior change. I watched myself get out of bed. I watched people come into my life that had information for me that I didn't know. I've always been supported. Like we, as a people, we are always supported. Even when life sucks. Yeah. It's always there. Yeah. Well, so because I know that's one of your, the other besides fairies, the bees are just like part of your spirit team. (laughs) Right. Yes. Um, bees have been hanging around me since I was a kid. And I, um, I remember 
my grandfather, he was, he was the photographer of the family and it was, it was his hobby, but it was his passion. And because of, you know, his generation, he was also very uppity if he didn't get the pictures that he wanted. And he stuck me in a meadow full of wildflowers one day with bees everywhere. And I remember just, I think I was five and I'm standing there just like this terrified so he can have his picture. And fast forward to now and moving through all of the fear and having bees show up for me on a regular basis, they literally fly beside my car. I'll be on the freeway and there's a bee flying beside my car. And I'm like, okay, they'll land right on my windshield in the middle of like a non nature type area, Mm -hmm. just strange ways that they would show up. And as I, um, as I got deeper into my connection with nature and connecting with my own guides, the bees became a new messenger for me. And they were actually the ones that informed me that I had all of this toxins living in my breast that needed to come out. And that's what was causing my sickness at the time. Wow. That's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. But I had, I had to sit with them and that was the hard part because you know, most of us don't want to sit with bees. <laughs> well, no, and that's why, like, people have a, you know, they have fear of maybe ETs, but they also have fear of just animals on our planet, right? Yes. Yep. At, like last night in class, one of the one of my students was talking about fear of spiders. Like, okay, now I have to just get over my fear of spiders, and I and so when we start seeing these these animals, these creatures, these living little souls, because they do have their own souls mm-hmm. um, in a different light. We can reframe like who, how they're showing up in our life, mm-hmm. why they're showing up in our life and what they're doing out in their own world with their own experience. So yes. what, other, what other messages have the bees given to you after you got over your illness? They continue to remind me that I can't do this life by myself because I am a lone wolf and, you know, I, I have moved through this, through this life, just doing everything on my own. It really, really having a hard time reaching out for help and bees obviously create magic, but they couldn't do it by themselves. They need all their, their entire family. And we have family available to us in different different forms. And we deserve this family. We are worthy of this family. And it doesn't matter what family of origin you came from or what they taught you. You are here on this earth and you belong and you're important. And that's, that's one of the biggest things that the bees have told me because for a long time, I didn't want to do this work because one, I didn't want to have to try and convince people that what I was saying was true because truth is important to me, mm-hmm. but I had to get past the idea that I was just one person and there's so much devastation on this planet. What could one person possibly do? And one person can reach out to another person and that person can reach out to another person. And then you create this web 
of this community and soon you're making magic. You're creating miracles and you're changing lives and making an impact in a way that you couldn't even fathom because you think you have to do it all yourself and you yeah. don't. I've been there <laughs> for most of my life, feeling like I have to do it all on my own. So it's only in the last few years where I've really brought together community and support and whether it's earth people, but also spirit, my spirit team, you know, whether my galactic family, angels, fairies, my spirit animals, <laughs> you know, they're all part of who I am and knowing that I'm supported really helps me like keep moving forward. Yes. And, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. So beautiful. So, okay. So you went from a nine to five job and now you do other stuff. So how did that transition happen? And like, how did you get into the Reiki and you do something really cool that I just want to bring up because not everyone knows what this is. There's so many different modalities, but you do something called toe reading. And so tell me about all of your different modalities, but I do want to know about the toe reading and how that works. Okay. Um, well, to go back to your initial question, um, leaving the nine to five, I think was also not my choice. Um, I had a lot of um, physical pain, chronic back pain, and doing my job really kind of stirred everything up. And so I had um, the FMLA medical benefits okay. for when my back would go out. And I had gone in, where are we at? We're in March 22, a uh, little over a year ago and had my paperwork renewed. And I was told that they wouldn't approve it because I didn't work enough the follow or the the past 12 months. And it was one of those things like I knew things were coming to a head. I I knew because I was the the guidance that was coming through and the things that were shifting outside of work, I knew something was coming to a head. And it was this. Okay. So when they said, you know, you're not approved for it, I was like, well, I can't work this job without it. Mm -hmm. I can't stand on a concrete floor for eight hours and feel good about myself. So I needed to make a change and I, I jumped, <laughs> I, I sold my house, I left the job and, you know, we made a decision to move out of state, which will be happening very, very soon. I mean, just boom, yeah. boom, boom, all of these things happen and everything again, like with the book, everything just lined up. The, the people were there, the resources were there, everything has lined up. So that brought me to this point. Um, as far as the Reiki, I've been studying Reiki since 2004. Okay. Um, and I've gone kind of, um, I'm going to say I was kind of dancing with it kind of in and out because it was a piece of me that I knew was important. Mm -hmm. But again, I was just trying to fit in and feel normal and make money the normal way. So I, um, I, got a job as a personal trainer. It seemed fitting. I, um, I was a 
professional bodybuilder for almost 15 years. So it just seemed to make sense. And people don't question you if you're a personal trainer, you don't have to really explain what you do. <laughs> so I, but prior to that, I had been seeing clients for Reiki and I had stopped. Like there was this part of me that something was missing. So went into the personal training portion of it. And then I got sick with the breast implant illness. And it was all, again, divinely led because without that, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't know, I wouldn't have remembered who I was because at the time I only thought that I brought value to the world by making people's bodies look nice. And I, I had to lose mine. Yeah. I had to completely lose mine, lose everything I thought made me worthy so that I could find out just how worthy I am. <laughs> I've been through a similar journey, just in a little bit different way. So I totally appreciate that. And I yeah. think um, people forget sometimes that, again, this is a costume mm -hmm. and it our worth at all. Like if we, if we could just see people's light and energy mm -hmm. and physical form, like how much more um, love and appreciation would there be in the world? Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So beautiful. So, so then you had the Reiki. So then what made you learn reflexology and the toe reading? And, and again, what is, what is toe reading? I've had it done once, but I, I think a lot of people don't know what that is. Um, again, I'm going to go back to a, a force greater than myself made me do it because I just, I would, I would follow the guidance. And I had um, a male friend at the time who had asked me for a massage one day and I was not, at the time, it was right in the beginning stages of my breast implant illness, but I didn't know anything at that point. I just knew that I was out of sorts with life and health and whatnot. And he had asked me for a massage because he had thrown something out when he was at the gym. And he told me, he goes, you should be doing this professionally. He goes, I would totally pay you. He goes, there's something, you know, what you're doing, you need to be doing professionally. And that's not a space I ever saw myself in. Mm -hmm. But as I was working on his upper back, I was feeling these shoots of energy go up into my lower body, like from my leg all the way up into my glutes. And I knew that there was something in that for me, but I, I didn't really know what. And two days later, I was signed up for the massage therapy program at one of our schools here in Phoenix. Okay. And we had to pick a specialty and I chose reflexology. I had no idea about any of this. I, I, I was like, I don't know why I'm here, but I feel this immense calling. Here's mm -hmm. my money. <laughs> and you know, I went in thinking that this is going to be a way for me because in my brain, I was still a personal trainer. You know, I was, I, I had just had surgery recovering from a ruptured breast implant mm -hmm. and I had a new set go in. So I was on leave from that, but in my brain, I was going back to being a trainer. So being a massage therapist seemed like a really nice compliment to my business and spirit had other plans for me. And 
so I went through this program. I chose reflexology. Toe reading was a part of that. And I will, I'll get into that a little deeper in a moment, but it really was again, one of those just like spirit saying, we need you here now. Like we need you here now. And that was not a voice or it, it was just a, this knowing of, I have to be here. And I don't know why. I don't know anything about anything, but I'm showing up for whatever this is. And it was one of the, the best things I could have ever done for myself and for the people that, that I serve. Well, that's beautiful. I think everyone needs to hear that. Listen to those messages. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because, you know, it doesn't always make sense, right? No, it doesn't. I mean, I was like, I can't afford this. Where's the money going to come from? And like, again, with the book, everything just fell right into place. Like, like magic. <laughs> yes. When you get a soul's true yes, and you actually take the step, the breadcrumbs will just keep flowing. Yep. And you yep. just take step by step. <laughs> so the, the toe reading um, was a very curious part of the reflexology program. And when I first started it, I did not want anybody touching my feet. Mm. That's why I couldn't understand why I chose this. And I was fully there and present, right? But I was so uncomfortable that, and I know why. And everybody that's watching, I'm going to ask you to really think about how you truly feel about your feet. Just what's your gut response of how do you feel about your feet? And I went into that program thinking that my feet look just like my dad's. They're flat. They look like Fred Flintstones. And obviously they're hideous because that's what my mom told me they were. You know, your feet look just like your dad's. You have flat feet just like your dad's. And it wasn't necessarily the words so much as the, the tone. Yeah. And when I got into this program, looking at like all that stuff comes to light. And as I started, you know, seeing those things. So our traumas and our stories, they like to live in our bodies, <laughs> um, especially the feet. Our feet are representative of our path. So where we've come from and where we're going and most folks don't want their feet touched. They don't want them looked at. And there's a reason for that because it's hiding all of our stuff that we're trying, we're trying to hide it because th that's our secrets, right? That's our stories. And if people knew that they would judge us. That's, that's the yeah. thing that plays in our brains. So I was going through this program and I was releasing traumas. And I was having these awarenesses and I was like, holy shit, this is some powerful work. It's crazy. And I know um, I referenced something in the book, a trauma that I had in 2018 that showed up in my feet. And to this day, I still like, It's just incredible. It's incredible. So, so tell us more about that. Yeah, tell us. Tell us. Tell us more about that. For those, for those people that are watching, um, 
I experienced a rape in 2018 by somebody that I had known for several years, somebody that I trusted. And a few days after the experience, I was sitting in a class and the teacher asked, she was going around the room asking people to reflect on the night before's uh, homework or whatever. And when she got to me, I said, um, I don't really know, like, I don't have anything to say on this. I just feel really angry right now. And I don't know why. And prior to that class, I was sitting in a class like three days before, and I looked down at my feet and most of the classes we were barefoot in because we were always doing some kind of body work. And I looked down at my feet and they looked like they were boiling. They were, they were red, they were swollen and the toes didn't even touch the ground. And they literally looked, they looked like Fred Flintstone feet, but completely inflamed. If, if toes could feel a feeling, mine were feeling enraged. Wow. Yeah. And, and it was visually coming out. Mm -hmm. So I snapped a picture of it. Because I was like, this is curious. I'm taking this with me when I go to class next because I'm curious, right? And that started the healing process. So when I get to the other class and the teacher's saying, hey, you know, how did you, you know, tell me about your night last night? And I'm like, well, I'm super angry right now. I don't know. And I, I had this attitude. And the teacher was somebody that she was um, the head of the program. And she had been one of my greatest supporters. And we had a beautiful rapport and she comes over to me and she like pushes my shoulder and she goes, you want to hit me? And I go, what? <laughs> she, she hits me. She, you know, you want to hit me? And she's like, like egging me on. And this little woman is a, she's a spitfire, beautiful soul. And she's, I always think of her as a cross between Byron Katie and Roseanne Barr. She's amazing, but she takes shit from nobody and she will tell you what needs to be said. So she's poking at me and I'm like, no, I'm no. You want to hit me, Aaron? You want to hit me? No. But something inside of me just like exploded. And I stood up out of my chair. I remember throwing my sweater off and she's holding this bolster pillow around her midsection. And I just start kicking at it and I'm kicking at it. I have no shoes on. I'm kicking this little tiny woman. She's maybe five foot kicking at her. And there's a classroom of people watching. And I am having some kind of out of body experience where I'm just enraged and taking it all out on this on her presence mm -hmm. and at one point I was able to step back and look like witness what was going on while it was happening and realized I was like oh my gosh this is a loving supportive space one and two, if I keep kicking at her like this, I'm going to hurt her. And I absolutely don't want to do that. So I turned away from her, start kicking the door that there was a door that, that separated two classrooms, kicking a door. And this maybe lasted like five minutes. And when it was done, I sat down and 
you know, everybody's looking and the teacher, she's so funny. She goes, that's a perfect segue into our next section. And she just rolled with it. And that was, that was the end of that experience. But within eight days, my toes had completely shifted. And I, there's a picture of it in the book where they don't even look like the same person's feet. Yeah. And I, I share that story in the book because I want people to understand that when you're given a safe space to move that energy out of your body, it's done. Like I have completely forgiven the person, the experience myself. It's, it's done. It's not in my body anymore. And I can say that with my goosebumps in full awareness of all of that. But if I didn't have that space, who knows where I would be right now? Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So what would be your advice to people to create that safe space if they don't feel like they have it? Would it be to um, seek out? Say again? Would it be to seek out? Um, I would coaches or what comes to me is ask. And when I say ask, um, for me, spirit always knows what's on your heart. Mm -hmm. And if you're seeking support, it's going to show up for you. The thing that we struggle with is sometimes it doesn't always look like who we think it should be. So we don't accept it. So if I would have not accepted my teacher's help because I thought she was being really intrusive and, mm -hmm. you know, like a bully, but I already knew who she was and I knew she had my best interest at heart. So I knew I could step into that space no matter what was gonna happen. Yeah. So that's the thing is your support is there. You just have to be willing to be like, oh, it doesn't look like what I initially thought, but I'm gonna let it in and I'm gonna trust. I'm gonna yeah. trust. Trust, that's a huge thing, yeah. right? Yes. Easier said than done sometimes, especially if we do come from trauma background. Yes. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, so thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Yeah, and so just, but our feet can change, right? They're not set in. No, 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 not at all. I mean, you got, you got bumps and bruises and bunions and things, all of that can go away. And all it takes is, so all it takes is a new awareness. So basically just a light switch. So a toe reading is basically me, me or somebody sitting at somebody's feet and just asking them questions of what they're noticing. And because each person's feet are going to show up differently, mm -hmm. there's no, there's no way to really say, this is how a toe reading goes. Okay. It's, it's very intuitive work. I mean, there are, there are elements, each toe represents a certain element and, you know, we can get into chakra work and all of that, all of those kind of that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The body hologram, the body hologram will show up in the feet. So that, that, um, goes back to the reflexology piece. Okay. So there are many ways that we can access information there, but it's really intuitive work. And so 
if someone shows up to me and all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, have you ever considered? And I just ask a question. Have you ever considered, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they look at me and they get this, this like, oh my gosh, how did you know? Da, da, da. And you just, you pick up on these nuances of the feet and, and they're different each time. So there's really, it's, um, it's fascinating work. It's fun work. And it can really, you know, just one question, like I said, can turn a whole person's perspective around and the feet will shift. Yeah, beautiful. Just like I know our, um, the lines in our hands can change over time as well. See, so that I did not know. So <laughs> the fingerprints don't change, but the lines in the hands can change. Interesting. That's yeah. interesting. I like that. So the body, it's a great representation of what is going on, truly. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So how how do you like working with people? Like, how do you work with your clients? What's your ideal client? My ideal client is somebody that is open and ready. When I when I work with a client. They, you know, they come to me and, and I'll ask them, you know, what is it you're looking for? You know, because sometimes they'll, they'll say, oh, well, I want a massage. And, I, and I'll ask them, are you okay with any dialogue? Because I'll have things come up for me in the middle of a massage. And if they're open to dialogue, that whole session can take on a life of its own. Mm. So I get some initial information from a client and then I ask them, I said, do you want to, do you want to choose or do you want me to sit in a space of this and kind of go with the flow? And so I, I give them that, that permission, mm -hmm. but it's really, um, most of the people that come see me, they want the freedom to surrender. Like they don't, they don't want to have to decide because life is hard, right? They want to come to the table and they want some peace. And so I like knowing that I can bring them some peace just by helping them surrender to the flow of whatever it is. Beautiful. So do you work only in person or do you actually ever do online clients with your coaching and things? I am doing more online now. Um, and like I said earlier, I'm moving. So I'm going to be losing all of my physical clients, which is so incredibly sad because I love them all, right? Um, so I will be doing in-person sessions once I get settled in the new house. But um, And you're moving to where? Colorado? Colorado, yes. Moving Which to Colorado. Just for people watching, if they're nearby. We will, we will be in Fort Collins. Okay. I say we, we, the spirit team, we will be in Fort Collins. <laughs> yes. So, um, but I am transitioning more to online work, doing more, more teaching online. Um, I've been doing toe readings online for a while. Um, so I'm just, I'm in a space of learning really of how to transition and most of the work I can do, it can be done online. And so I'm just kind of getting comfortable with that. Okay. Do you so. do this? It's Reiki because I know some people do. Yes, I can do. I can do that. Yes, for sure. Okay. Because, you know, we have an audience all over, all over the world. So 
I just want to make sure that if, if anyone wants to work with you, that they know what you might be able to offer them if they don't live physically in Phoenix right now or in Colorado. As yes. In, yeah. Yes. There's lots of lots of options. I'm even um, branching out to doing cacao ceremonies online. So okay. those I've those I've been doing in person, but that's my next step is to be yeah. able to create those online. So okay. beautiful. Beautiful. Well, so um, we're going to just wrap up now. And what I want before I give all your information, because we want to make sure people know how to find you and where to get your book and stuff. But um, for those of you watching, I am looking for other guests to interview that have fascinating stories and experiences, whether it's in the fairy realm, it's in the ET, extra dimensional realm anything connected with the cosmos and this non-3D Earth. So if you're interested in being a guest or you know someone that would be fascinating, please send them my way. And then I also want to know, what do you want to hear about? What kind of topics do you want to hear about? So give me some feedback there. I do have some new galactic classes that will be coming out, so stay tuned for that. I am in week two of my three-week class of Connection to the Cosmos right now, but stay tuned for new classes. Um, I want to introduce my new Oracle deck that came last week at birth, my Aloha Spirit Oracle deck. And this has been in process since mid last year, finally <laughs> has come to fruition. And then um, if you are in Hawaii, if you're visiting Hawaii on the big island, then definitely come meet me and my husband Skip and come on a big island UFO tour. And I just want to share just a really quick story about what happened last week um, when we had we had two different experiences with UFOs. So on Tuesday, which was the 2222 portal, we gathered with a group of friends. So it wasn't a paid tour, but we gathered with a group of friends where we um, we did a meditation. I, I actually led the meditation to raise vibration and call the ETs in. And now it was raining during this meditation. So I'm like, I don't, I brought the goggles. I was like, I don't know how we're going to see anything in the sky, but I, you know, we're just doing the meditation. When we finished the meditation, then the rain had stopped. There were still clouds, but there was one area in the sky that stars were showing. But so most people had given up, like, okay, we're not going to be able to see stars and look through the goggles. My husband and I were walking up to the upper part where the cars are parked and through the clouds, because it's fully cloudy, we see a very precise pyramid shape, light coming through the clouds, like full outline <laughs> and huge. And as I say that, I'm getting my chills and... So we see this pyramid in the clouds. And then my friend Brittany, we were at her house doing this. She fully had seen it down where she was too in the lower part of the property. And so it was, so at least three of us saw this giant pyramid craft in the clouds. And there's no way that it could have been anything but a craft because the moon was not up at that point. And the moon was not, it wasn't full. It was like, like maybe a half moon or less um, mm -hmm. last week. And so it was just incredible. And then um, I had a friend that same night who it was just for her. 
but you know, we had done this beautiful meditation and she saw this green orb that was just zigzagging all over the place. <laughs> so even though we didn't get to see them with the goggles, like out in the star place, we actually did have them like physically materialized in our atmosphere. So anyway, I just wanted to share that for those of you who hadn't heard that story yet. Um, so Aaron, your book, Born This Bay. So this is available on, I'm assuming Amazon, but also probably on your website, right? Yes. Yes. So your website is erinchristine.org. Yes. Okay. And we'll make sure that'll go in all the comments. And then um, on your website, if people sign up for your email list, you actually have a free gift of chapter one of the book. Yes. I saw. Yes, so go get it. <laughs> before you buy the book. Now, I would just say just buy the book because it's fantastic. But if you want a teaser, definitely go sign up. And then that way you can learn all about Erin's classes and opportunities that she is um, offering. And then you also have a Facebook group. Born. Yes. Okay. Born this Bay, so same book title. Yes, so that, is, that is for ladies only, for women only in that group. I think people will appreciate that. So anyway, so different ways to go experience Erin. And I appreciate you so much for being on here with me. And Thank you. you all the success in your move, because I did that, you know, just over a year ago <laughs> myself. So I know what that's like. And anyway, just you've had a beautiful journey and I can't wait to see what happens for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So glad to be here. Thank you everyone for watching and I will see you next week. Aloha.